0: Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I want to let you know that 50 years ago today, The Supreme Court ruled on Roe versus Wade, and it was, as you know, it was overturned this past year. Do you realize it was 50 years of prayer that turned that around? And so tonight, we have a special prayer service, Right to Life is our focus, and we're going to thank God for answering our prayers, but how me know that battle may have been won, but not the war. And so I would invite you to come out tonight. We're going to have a time of worship and a time of prayer. For the right to life, so thank you for joining us tonight if you can. Also just want to lift a few people up in prayer this morning before we get into our message. Uh, Winnetta Henson, Ron's wife, passed away late last night, so we want to lift them up in prayer. And Also Russ Toes has been diagnosed with cancer and has not been given uh, many weeks to live. And so we want to reach out to those that are part of our congregation. Amen. We're a first family. So let's just go to the Lord with these prayer requests. God, we thank you that Winnetta is before the throne of God this morning. She has joined the choirs of angels and family and friends who have gone before There's no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. Lord, she rejoices in seeing her Savior face to face. And Lord, we pray for Russ, Lord. While he is living, we believe for a miracle, God, that you can heal him. But, Lord, if you take him home, Lord, we know that that is your will and your purpose. But, Lord, give him strength. Give his family strength, Lord. And I know he wants to go see his wife, Lord. And I just pray your will be done. Father, I thank you for this theme that you've given us for the coming year. I pray you'd stir each and every heart, Lord, to believe, God, that you will stretch forth your hand and heal. And so, Lord, we commit this to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen started off a few weeks ago about the importance of vision every church every ministry every believer should have a vision proverbs 29:18 says where there is no vision the people perish so it's important to have a vision especially as an organization and a vision sets the unique course and direction for a church and and we have a vision over our church but we have a new theme this year because i believe we're entering into a new season in the context of the passages, Jesus had ascended into heaven, and the disciples had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and Peter had healed a man who had been crippled from birth at the temple, and people were amazed by this healing because they saw the guy the whole time. They, they've seen him for years, and it created this huge stir, and so many believed and repented that Peter and John were arrested. They did a healing and preached a sermon and went to jail. And they were brought before the high priests, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law. And they threatened Peter and John not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Boy, I wonder if that day is coming for us. It is already that here in some countries, preaching in the name of Jesus. And so Peter and John went back to the other disciples and believers, and they had a huge prayer meeting. And this is what they prayed Acts chapter 4, verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So our 2023 theme is Stretch Out Your Hand to Heal. And we're going to break down this passage and really dive deep into healing and miracles. Because I believe this year will be one of unprecedented healings, miracles and signs and wonders than our church has ever experienced before. Will you believe that with me? Will you pray that with me to believe God is going to move? Because I'm telling you what, when there's healing and there are miracles, God reaches people. We see that, in fact, was the ministry of Jesus. And we're going to study the different ways that God heals. And as I shared with you, first of all, God heals medically. Aren't you thankful that God has given mankind wisdom for medical knowledge and medicine and Surgery and all of those things, how many know all those come from God? That's from the throne of God. All knowledge like that comes from the Lord. And so God uses medical means to heal. But God also heals miraculously. There are those times when, especially when we've come to the end of our human knowledge, God still has power to heal. And then God heals heavenly. There are, the greatest healing of all is to be taken home to be with Jesus. Now, we don't always understand why and how God heals. Sometimes we pray for a miracle, and he takes someone home. And sometimes that can really upset us, because we feel we, we believed, we prayed the prayers, we trusted God, and yet he took them home. And we have an expectation of the Lord that he will heal in a certain way. How many you know it's not our place to tell God how to heal? It's our place to ask for healing in faith. But it's not our place to tell God how to heal. That's his choice, his sovereign choice. And there's always a greater purpose than we may not realize at this time or in this life. We don't always understand why God heals a certain way or doesn't answer our prayers like we expected. And the reason is, is because we have limited knowledge. How many know God has a purpose and a plan always? And if he answers our prayer with no, it's for a reason. As you know, uh, Jolie and I traveled to Africa, Northern Africa, over the holidays. And we had many flights. And so I always need an aisle seat. I'm one of those people that have to get up and down. I get my legs get twitchy and I get all weird and all sorts of things. So I got to have that aisle seat. Because, you know, there's one thing about it. When you're. Not when you can't go to the bathroom is when you have to go the most. (laughs) And so, if I'm in that middle seat, or God forbid by the window, I'm going to be crawling over bodies the whole stinking flight. And so, I requested an aisle seat next to Jolene. I wanted Jolene to be able to sit right next to me. And so, and the, the trouble was, I don't speak Turkish. I don't speak Arabic and I don't speak French, and that's all they did. And so I tried to explain, you know, aisle seat, por favor, that's Spanish. They have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Sometimes I'm, I would in, I'd go into Spanish because that's all I know a little bit. It's embarrassing trying to speak Spanish to somebody that speaks French. <laughs> and so I've tried to make this clear every time that whenever we get our seat assignment, That I I need the aisle and, and I want Jolene right next to me. And so we got our seats and our tickets and had to go through 19 security checkpoints. And when we finally got to our gate, I noticed I was in row E and Jolene was in row G. E and G. And I was upset and worried we wouldn't be able to sit together. And I knew it was a full flight and then I'd have to ask people to switch seats that don't even know what what language I'm speaking. So I was fretting until I got on the plane and realized there was no row F. There was a row E and there was a row G. I do not know why they left out row F. It's not like it's the 13th floor, you know, where people freak out about. And so here I was upset and worrying that I wasn't going to be able to sit next to Jolene or on the aisle. When the whole time there just was no row F. And I'm telling you, sometimes in our walk with God, there's no row F, and we don't realize it. We're upset, we're fretting, but how many know God knows what He's doing? God always does what's best. God loves us, and, and He's always good. Everything He does is good. And so we need to stop worrying and fretting and just trust in the Lord, lay it before the Lord, surrender to Him. Release it and let go. We're going to be talking about that. Sometimes we don't have our healing because we're holding on to something else. As long as we're holding on to something else, we can't receive our healing. Our hands are full of unbelief. And so whatever happens, God has a purpose and a plan. And we will study how God desires to heal the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. How I many you know God wants wholeness? Complete healing, body, soul, and spirit. In the Holman Bible Dictionary, it says this, God chooses to bring health to persons sick physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The Bible not only tells of people's spiritual status, but is also concerned about their physical condition. This concern appears in the emphasis on healing, particularly in the ministry of Jesus and in the early church. Nearly one-fifth of the Gospels report Jesus' miracles and the discussions they occasioned. And the Gospels record 14 distinct instances of physical and mental healing. Is that amazing? I mean, it it was so important in the New Testament and in the early church. Now, we believe the Lord can heal us physically... And God wants to heal us mentally and emotionally. And this includes anxiety, depression, and other mental maladies. How many know God cares about that? Not just a physical healing, but emotional, mental, relational. How many know God wants to heal marriages, heal relationships, heal broken relationships? God goes beyond just a physical healing. There's so much more we need healing of. And the Lord heals spiritually when someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior. I mean, oh, that's the awesome miracle right there. That's the healing. That's the healing of the Spirit. Because without Jesus, our spirit is dead. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, He makes us alive. He quickens our spirit. He heals our heart. The Lord can heal. Now, there are at least four words in the New Testament for Healing. We're going to break this down. We are going to study healing. We're going to study the conditions. We're going to study all the things around it. We're going to define the Greek words. We're going to define the Hebrew words because I really want to dig into this because I want to believe God for healing and and we just need to understand some of our knowledge is limited. We don't realize there's no row F and so we're going to find that out and the first word I want us to study is Iasis in the Greek. That's the noun or yamai, the verb, means the process, mode, or act of healing, curing, or remedying. It means to renew or to make whole, complete or well. It means to cause something to change to an earlier, correct, and appropriate state. Boy, that's that's a mouthful of a definition right there. But if you couldn't write it down fast enough, get on the church app. All the notes are on the church app. just want to encourage you to check that out. Now, this word for healing is used about 30 times, either the verb or the noun, in the New Testament. And this is the word we're using in our text, in our theme. Stretch out your hand to heal. That's iasis. That's the Greek word iasis. And it's the same Greek word used also in Luke 13.31 from the ESV At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you, speaking to Jesus. And Jesus said to them, go and tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Wow, I love that. I mean, King Herod, that's a pretty big deal. Jesus said, listen, you fox. I mean, no, Jesus is not intimidated by mankind whatsoever, no matter what their status or their royalty, because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I love that new song we sing about Jesus, King Jesus. And he tells Herod and the Pharisees, you know what? I'm here to heal. I'm here to cure, to perform cures. Healing was fundamental to the ministry of Jesus. He would draw people to himself for healing, and then he'd preach the gospel. How many know that's a pretty good plan? When people get healed, they're ready to listen. And healing and preaching should go hand in hand. We got the preaching part down. We just need the healing part. And we will study that further down the road, how the ministry of Jesus involved both of them. The gospel, the preaching of the gospel, repentance, and healing. Many times before there can be healing, there needs to be repentance, and we're going to discuss that. One of the biggest draws of people to Jesus was his ability to heal all kinds of diseases. Look at Luke six seventeen. Jesus went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed. There it is, both of them, the sermon and the healing. To be healed of their diseases, those troubled by evil spirits were cured. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Wow! It wasn't just the woman with the issue of blood. A lot of other people tried to touch Jesus, believing if I can just touch him, I will be healed. Not only did Jesus heal the sick, did you notice he cured those vexed by demons? This word was used for the deliverance from demons, and that was, that was considered a healing of, as well, because we can be under attack from the evil one. This word for cure in Luke 6.18 is the second word in the New Testament for healing. And that is therapeia, number two, or therapeu. And that means to care for or medically treat the sick, to wait upon, minister to, render voluntary service, to cause someone to recover or to restore to health. This is used 44 times in the New Testament. It is where we get the English word "what? Therapy. Therapy. Very good. And so we see this word is used in Matthew chapter four, verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them all. Wow. He didn't just heal their physical sicknesses and diseases he healed their pain he healed people who suffered with seizures which can be a condition affecting the brain and so he healed the mind as well and we're going to see how when people were demon possessed and Jesus would deliver them from demons it says they were in their right mind and we're going to just we're going to talk about that healing the mental healing of the, the mind and we also see that he healed those who were paralyzed or blind. And so we are asking God to stretch out his hand to heal. However, we also are to stretch out our hand to heal. The authority of Jesus to heal was bestowed upon his own disciples. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. These 12, these twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any, any, any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Verse 7, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Wow, that's quite a, a mandate. Jesus said, I have given you authority. Those unsaved people to have the demons driven out of them. Those that have leprosy, those that are that are sick in body, soul, and spirit, freely you have received, freely give. How many know if God has given you a healing, then He expects you to pray for healing for others as well. Freely we've received, freely give. And this is something we will investigate further. In short, we have been given authority from Jesus to heal as well. Every believer can pray for someone for healing. Amen? You don't have to just leave it up to the preacher. We can't do it all. And we certainly are given guidelines about calling forth the elders of the church to pray for healing. We're going we're to talk about that as well. What settings should there be for healing? Because the Bible has laid it out very clearly. But we're going, to, we're going to study that as well, but also to realize that every believer in Jesus Christ can pray for someone else's healing. You can stretch out your hand to heal with the power of the Holy Spirit. The next word is similar to the first word. It is iyama. It's a noun. And it, the, it's the means of healing, the capacity to cause someone to become healed or cured. It can even mean medicine. How many of you know God's not against medicine? God can use medicine to heal as well. And so this is the means of healing. And this is the gift of healing as a means and a ministry. Look at 1 Corinthians 12 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another, the message of knowledge. By means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. There's the word. By that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. The gifts of the Spirit are not as we determine. It's as the Spirit determines. And so if you have a a gift of prophecy, that came from the Holy Spirit. If you have a gift of healing, that came from the Holy Spirit. And so the gifts of the Spirit come by the Holy Spirit. The message of wisdom, knowledge, faith, all many different types of gifts. And while all believers can pray for healing, there are those who have been especially gifted from the Holy Spirit to heal. Look at First Corinthians 12 28. Again, the same word used for healing. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. All believers have spiritual gifts. Every believer has spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit. And every believer is called to ministry. And I know Pastor Gary spoke well on this last week. Every Christian has a place to serve. There's a place for each and every one of us. And God doesn't leave us empty. He gives us gifts. He gives you the ability to perform your ministry unto the Lord. He gives you the power. And isn't it interesting there are gifts as As administration how many know administration is a gift if you're one of those whose desk looks like a disaster you don't have the gift (laughs) but there are those whose desk is pristine they have a gift of organization and administration I love that there are the gifts that are up front you know we celebrate all the big gifts gifts of prophecy gifts of knowledge man those get all the attention but how many of you know you ain't going nowhere without a gift of administration? And there's the gift of helps, those who work behind the scenes. This church could not function without those who work behind the scenes. There's probably more that work behind the scenes than those that work in front of the scenes. And so don't, don't discredit your gift. Don't diminish the value of your gift, even if it's a, a more of a hidden gift. It, it was given to you by the Holy Spirit. And God wants you to use that gift in ministry for his kingdom. And one of those gifts is healing. But it's right there with helps and administration and speaking in tongues. And so realize that any gift you have comes from the Holy Spirit. And I have have known people that have genuinely have the gift of healing, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles. And so some gifts are given for healing, some gifts are given for help. The fourth word of healing is sozo in the Greek. It's a verb, and it means to save or rescue from peril, injury, or suffering, to deliver, protect, and make whole, to make well, heal, restore to health, to cause someone to experience divine salvation. This is a unique word for healing, because this is the word for salvation. So when you get saved, when you ask Jesus Christ in your heart, you are saved. You are healed, not just from diseases, you are healed from your sin. You are healed from your past. You are healed from your shame. You are healed from your guilt. This is one of the greatest gifts of all, because it saves our spirit. This is the gift of healing, and it's no less valuable than the gift of physical healing or emotional healing. We need the salvation of God, and so we need this church filled with a lot of people that need the healing of getting saved. We want to see salvation here. That's the greatest healing of all, besides the healing of going to be with Jesus, is the healing of salvation. You can't go to be with Jesus until you're healed in your soul. Healed in your spirit. This is the gift of salvation. It's used over a hundred times in the New Testament, by far the most used word for healing. We see it in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Oh, I love this story. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the end of his cloak. She said, If I could only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her and said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. Again, we're going to talk about faith and, and why it is so fundamental for healing. Faith is a, a prerequisite. And so we see that the word sozo right there, that she was healed. She was physically healed. And this, so this word is used for physical healing. But it's also used for spiritual healing. Let's look at this story, Luke 7, 36. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, so he went to eat, went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. How many know Jesus dined with Pharisees and sinners? They're the same thing. But no no matter what, he was willing to dine with them. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought An alabaster jar of perfume. You know, this reminds me of the woman at the well. Didn't have a good reputation, but Jesus reached out to them. Don't you love the heart of Jesus? He reaches for the lost, the outcast, the sinner. And she buys this alabaster jar of perfume, and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Well, you know what? We got enough Pharisees in the world, right? To pointing out the obvious. And I'm telling you, Pharisees won't receive the healing. If we have that spirit of a Pharisee, then we won't have to worry about healing because we won't see it. And isn't it amazing, all this guy saw was the woman was a sinner. He had no compassion to heal her of her sin. It was all judgment. And we see by her actions, she is repenting. She is weeping. And so, drop down to verse 48 of the same chapter. Then Jesus said to her, well, first of all, Jesus nails that guy. He said, you know, I came to your house, you didn't even wash my feet. That was a common thing. How many of y'all, when you come into your house, you take your shoes off? How many of y'all do that? That's weird. <laughs> no, I'm not calling you weird. It's just, I know a lot of people do that. I don't do that. I probably should, because who knows? But, so at, in this culture, it was, not, it was common to have the servant undo your sandals, and wash your feet, because your feet would be dirty. Man, that's a humbling position, which is the one God calls us to. Isn't that something? To wash each other's feet. That's a whole nother story. I can't go there today. <laughs> but he challenges the Pharisee, how dare you? You've done nothing for me. And from the time I walked in here, she's been weeping, washing my feet with her tears. Wow. And then Jesus turns to the woman. Can you imagine what she's thinking? She's pretty bold to go into that house uninvited. She was not invited. But how many know that she was invited by God? And Jesus says this. Then Jesus said to her, "Your sins are forgiven." The other guests began to say among themselves, "Who is this who even forgives sins?" And Jesus was challenged of this a lot. Who are you that you have the power to Well, he's the son of God. That's who he is. In verse 50, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. This is the same Greek word sozo for healing. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Wow. There's so many amazing encounters Jesus had with people and how it involved healing. And so I challenged you a few weeks ago for this coming year, what healing do you need? Body, soul, and spirit. And what we've done is we've made these prayer cards. John has done an awesome job making these for me. And it's a prayer card. It's in your pew in front of you or it's out in the foyer. But on the front of it, there's a place for the date, Your name, that's optional. You don't have to put your name on it. And then is this a healing request or a healing testimony? I'm believing for healing testimonies, not just healing requests. And what happens so often is we pray, God answers, and we move on. Without acknowledging it, without thanking God, we just move on. Listen to me. If you had a cold for three days and you feel better on the fourth day, then thank God for healing you on the fourth day. Be praying all along, but who knows, maybe if you weren't praying in there, it'd be a fifth day, bless God. I believe God heals the simplest things we should pray. There's no prayer too simple for God to hear and answer. And so I want to invite you to take a step of faith and write it out. Now, if you want to keep it private, put it in your Bible, whatever your request for healing is. But if you write this out and turn it in, we will have people pray over these cards. We will have pastors pray, we'll have staff pray, we'll have prayer ministries pray, we'll have our elders pray. So again, you don't have to put your name on there, but would you do me a favor as your your humble lowly pastor who still can't figure out why there's no row F? <laughs> give the testimony. Write out the answer. Because it'll build our faith. When we hear the healing from someone else, the miracle from someone else, I mean, you know, that's going to fire us up to believe. And so we don't want to be like the other nine lepers who didn't come back to think Jesus, and the only one that came back was the Samaritan. And so we're going to ask for answers, and then we're going to praise him for answers. And so if you want people to join with you in prayer, you can fill out this card. You can leave it anonymous, just the basics. We will pray over it. Or if you just want to keep this to yourself in your Bible, something you're praying for, a miracle, a healing, that's okay too. But we want, to, we want to celebrate with you. And I think the more we give a testimony of healing, the more healing we're going to see. Would you stand with me? The elders will be coming forward for prayer. The altars are always open. We just ask you to keep your conversation to the foyer so ministry can take place because there are those that are going to just stay in worship. So I speak this over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless you. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.